Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in this episode, we return to a topic that, quite frankly, we could spend the next decade discussing and still find new ground to cover, that, of course, being wideband gap semiconductors. One of our customers, Transform, recently wrote a piece for us that takes a top-level view of gallium nitride, addressing many of the myths that have held GAN back from wider market dissemination. As the author notes, the 600-volt-plus GAN transistor came out in 2012, and at the time, many of us thought it would, no pun intended, transform high-voltage power systems in the same way it had begun to fundamentally alter low-voltage applications. But seven years later, there's still some debate about GAN's viability. Some of it's the same thing we've heard a thousand times before, bigger investment now for savings later, but there's a number of other pernicious myths that we'd like to cover today. And here to discuss these myths is the author of that piece, Philip Zuck. Uh, Philip, thanks for joining us. And it seems like Every few years, we have a similar debate over new energy-efficient technologies, whether it's electric vehicles or solid-state lighting or, or green energy, and it often boils down to cost. Before we get into the specific myths from your article, let, let me ask, what makes this debate unique, or, or is it just another technology cycle where the early adopters will eventually help bring GAN and you know, wideband gap semiconductors into the mainstream? Well, hi, 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 Jason. Thank you very much for, uh, for this opportunity to uh, do this podcast with you. Um, I guess um, to, to, to start off, um, high-voltage GAN um, has viability in, in production end products. You know, this is a true statement today and uh, really isn't up for debate because as Transform, we have been able to, um, you know, show uh, in, uh, in production systems um, publicly uh, through press releases. But what, what really makes this pro- process uh, unique uh, are some decisions that must be made by the engineers when designing in the technology. And these decisions can take time and affect its rate of adoption. Um, as an example, today there are four flavors of GAN devices in the market. Uh, first you have, uh, we have Transform's GANFET, uh, which is a two-switch normally off device. Um, secondly, uh, the discrete E-mode devices from the likes of Panasonic, Infineon, and GAN systems. Thirdly, a solution using a monolithic integrated driver with E-mode GAN. And fourthly, a solution, uh, a hybrid solution switched D-mode GAN with integrated driver. So in a perfect world with all things equal, GAN should perform similarly. Where the uniqueness differs is in the quality and reliability, simplicity of design, ease of drivability, and packaging options, which are areas where Transform has that, that competitive edge. This is where designers need to fully understand the technology differences to make the correct decision on what best fits their end application and can use Transform as a trusted advisor for these types of discussions. Right, right. Now, Philip, in your piece, you raised the rhetorical question, is GAN ready? And and I won't bore you by asking you just a simple yes or no. Your piece does a good job of answering that. But could you expound on why GAN transistors are so important for high-voltage applications? Sure. Um, so, so, so society today is consuming and into the future is consuming more and more power to the point where in 2018, Bloomberg reported that global electricity demand is going to increase approximately by 57% by 2050. Now, these drivers, uh, the drivers behind this surge are apparent, the adoption of electric vehicles, the increase in edge and hyperscale data centers, and the expected rollout uh, 5G telecommunications are some of the top ones um, in this area. Now, for this type of growth, heat loss must be reduced, so efficiencies must go up. 
silicon can no longer provide this advancement. So, like you said, uh, GAN first came out in 2012. Even when GAN first, even when GAN, the first GAN technology hit the market, it offers a specific on resistance 50% lower than today's most efficient high voltage silicon MOSFET technology. So that brings us to the wide band gap materials, both silicon carbide and gallium nitride. Out of the two wide band gap, te wide band gap technologies, GAN provides the higher disruptive force to power electronics today and over time will continue to offer higher performance and efficiency, drive increased power densities, which also result in smaller and lower cost systems. Mm -hmm. um, so let's dive into your first myth uh, from your piece, which, which basically states that field data is unavailable or inconclusive. Why, why is that false? And you know, at the risk of answering my own question, what sort of feedback have you gotten from your customers? Sure. Um, yeah. So, so dealing with, with the first part of your question, you know, in, in order to have field reliability data, one must have many end applications operating in the field. And as far as I know today, Transform is the only high-voltage GAN supplier in high-volume production, which results in us being able to publish that data. And we have published this data, and it's in the public forum. We've shipped over 400,000 devices a day with over 3 billion hours of field operation resulting in a fit rate or failure in time of 2.2 or a parts per million ppm of 19.8. Now for your second, for the second part of your question, you know, the feedback we hear from customers is that they need to better understand what they don't know. And I know this is a little bit, a little bit confusing because it is multidimensional, but what I see this as is basically the doubt and uncertainty factor. So for example, even up and above JETA qualification, which is still being developed for GAN, an ACQ 101 qualification. GAN is new to the power electronics world, and customers are looking to baseline the technology. Field reliability data allows them to compare GAN against existing technologies, such as silicon and silicon carbide. It's a known measurement of quality and, they, and, and something that they understand today. Now that, now that Transform has published a fit rate, which is at minimum on par with silicon carbide and can also be offered at 175 degrees Celsius. Engineers can quickly see that GAN can reliably compete directly with these suppliers, not in one or two markets, but in all markets. Now, reliability data, especially to large international organizations that love to do deep dives into quality and reliability systems, as well as new technologies, these companies, though slow to adopt due to their risk adverseness and conservativeness, provide a stable growth foundation for new technologies as time moves forward. They need to make sure that the technology isn't failing prematurely, and in some cases, they do not want to, in some cases, they just don't want to be the guinea pig. So right. being able to show how device wear out and infant mortality align with field data reliability is important. Even from even from the semiconductor supplier uh, point of view, field reliability is also important as it is used as a verification tool to track the technology's trajectory path based on internal early life failure testing. Now we've looked at the customers, but what about the actual semiconductor companies? So another area is with large semiconductor companies with brand equity and decades of sales in power electronics. May not, they may not have to satisfy their customers with this type of information. There may be an inherent, though arguably not necessarily appropriate, trust there. 
but smaller or younger semiconductor companies, such as Transform, even with world-leading GAN technology, must go above and beyond in this area, and we've seen this. Releasing as much tech, uh, quality and reliability information as possible to educate the market. Plus, you know, a shameless plug um, for me here is, uh, and as well as being heavily involved in writing these JEDEC reliability documents, we at Transform think there that we can generally help customers learn how to navigate GAN technologies across all suppliers by demonstrating what a good baseline should be and how that baseline should be derived given our work and successes to date. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, Phil, if I could close, close this out today by skipping ahead a little bit, what are some of the major structural differences be between silicon FETs and GAN FETs, and why is the latter less limiting than the former? So, yeah, you know, there, there are definitely differences between the two technologies. And for starters, on the device side, a silicon is a normally off vertical enhancement mode MOSFET, or a metal oxide semiconductor field effect transistor. For GAN in its natural form is a normally on depletion mode lateral hemp, or a high electron mobile mobility transistor. Now these structures alone make the epi growth process and outcome different. Now GAN suppliers in power electronics use a silicon substrate, which makes it a, the most cost effective wide band gap solution than if a silicon carbide substrate would be used like NRF. Now with respect to performance, being that it is a 3-5 compound material gives GAN the ability to block higher voltages with the same thickness die as silicon and offers lower gate charge with approximately one and a half times increase in electron mobility. And that's the, uh, one of the important factors is this increase in the mobility. This higher electron mobility results in a faster switching, reduced crossover losses, and can operate at higher frequencies more efficiently. Even though even though that there, there are differences between these two technologies, GAN is still manufactured in a silicon wafer semiconductor facility. Now that's on the device side. Now if we look on the application side, GAN offers its highest value in the Bridges Totem Pole PFC within the front end rectifier stage of an AC to DC power supply. Being that silicon MOSFETs have a parasitic body diode due to its structure, it cannot perform effectively nor efficiently here, adding another reason why GAN is important to the power electronics world. Designers now have a solution for highly desirable and beneficial topology that they did not have in the past. Right. Well, th thanks for all the great information, Philip. You know, as, as a quick reminder to our audience, the PSD cast is now available on iTunes, and the link is in the description. And in addition, I, I would highly recommend everybody check out Philip's piece that, that discusses some of the, the myths surrounding uh, surrounding GAN and, and, and its, um, and its you know, applications. Um, you know, Philip, uh, on behalf of PSD, I, I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for tuning in.